People ask me about questions all the time and like, can I get a list of questions? And our students ask for that. The best coaching question is the question that meets the moment. Hey guys, welcome to our Soul Fan podcast where I interview spaceholders from all over the world. I am your host, my name is Carolina, and I am the Connection Catalyst. I help spiritual entrepreneurs experience deeper connection with themselves, with others, and with the universe. Today on the show, we have Natalie McNeil, the best-selling author and the founder of Coaching Evolve. Welcome to the show, Natalie. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing so well. Thank you so much for having me. I just love your energy and what you stand for. So great to be here with you. Thank you so much. I'm super, super glad to be here too. And uh, I would love to read for you all of who listens to, to all the people who listen to us this little quote I got on my yogi tea today that I'm going to be drinking meanwhile doing the podcast. And the quote is, in order to be remembered, leave nothing behind but love. And I just thought it's so nice to start with that, with this little quote. And uh, yeah, I'm so excited to be here with you and to hear about your story and how you have found the coaching evolved and about coaching in general, because it's very exciting for me. I've been a coach only for the last few years. Uh, I'm pretty sure you have more experience than me. And I'm so, so excited to know uh, all about it and that you'd like to share. But let's start from your story. What has inspired you to become a coach? I guess because you cannot really teach people about coaching before you are a coach yourself, right? So what has inspired you to be on this journey? <laughs> what happened to really, you know, bring you to this on this specific path? And also what has inspired you to actually, um, you know, create the coaching evolved as the company as well? Wow. So I would have to take you way, way back about 15 years ago. Amazing. And at that time, I was building my first business. So I was building a business in media and marketing uh, production. I was working on really cool interactive film projects and big marketing campaigns for shows. It was amazing. I was so grateful that I found myself doing that work. I was very drawn to it. And at the same time, I started writing about my entrepreneurial journey, the lessons that I was learning, the experiences that I was having. And I wrote that as a blog. It was called She Takes on the World. And that took on a life of its own. I ended up building one of the biggest communities in the world for women entrepreneurs. We hosted events and retreats and had a virtual incubator that I ran for more than a decade. It's that work that led me to coaching because what I found over and over again with women entrepreneurs who were my peers or my clients, the people that I was working with, there were so many similar issues that people had across the board. And a lot of the times when people would come to me and they wanted to work on their marketing or their strategy for their business, what I kept seeing over and over again was that people had these limiting beliefs. People had uh, issues with unworthiness and not feeling confident, not being in their power. And the more that we worked on those 
things, the more the strategy and the marketing plan and all of that worked itself out and the more I would see the business grow. I started training in a whole bunch of different modalities um, and techniques in coaching, also in breathwork, emotional freedom technique. So I've been using these tools and these techniques and these modalities that we now teach for the last more than 10 years as I was doing that work. So I feel like I accidentally, although I don't really believe in accidents, became a coach. And the more I was coaching, like I've coached thousands of beautiful soul-centered humans from around the world now. And the more I coached, the more I realized that this is my highest path forward. Like I'm here to train leaders and teachers and coaches and people who can do this really important work on the planet at this time. And that's what led me to start coaching Evolved a few years ago now. So it's been quite a journey and multiple years in the making to be leading this program. Mm, amazing. I love your story. It's really, really inspiring. And I can feel your passion and really your mission in everything that you're doing. So that's so, so cool. And I'm curious to know, like, out of all these methods that you've learned, all these techniques, do you have a favorite one for yourself specifically? Or you just feel like <laughs> to each specific thing, you use something else? Yeah, at this point in the Coaching Evolved program, we actually train our coaches in more than 60 tools, techniques, and modalities that become part of your toolkit that you can use depending on the circumstance and the situation and what you're working with your client on. For me personally, I really love breathwork and emotional freedom technique as quick tools that can make a really profound difference. Um, so those are two of the modalities that we teach in the program. Emotional freedom technique, it's amazing to take clients really deep into it. And then it's also a tool that I can share with my clients for them to be able to do on their own in between our sessions. And then look, the breath is something that we all have access to. You know, we breathe as a function of our autonomic nervous system. Like, thank God these beautiful bodies just breathe without us having to think about it. And we can also choose to consciously practice breathing. Breathwork is simply the conscious practice of different breathing techniques and exercises. So when we engage in breath work, we can actually use our breath for healing, for focus, for reducing stress and anxiety. Breath work can support um, reducing the symptoms of PTSD. It can allow us to open more into our purpose and our power, clear emotions um, and energy that gets stuck. So Breathwork is something that's part of my daily life and that I often do with clients as well using a number of different techniques. Like it can change it can change everything and it only takes a few breaths. Like right now, if we sit up straight spine 
And we take what we call a clearing breath, which is a breath in through the nose and then a sound. We want a sound on the exhalation. And it can be a, ah, it can be a lighter sigh. Ah, it can be a hum. Hmm. So let's close our eyes and let's just try taking five deep breaths together. And I want you to notice how you're feeling now so that we can check in after five breaths. So first breath, breathing in through the nose and releasing it through the mouth with a sound. <sighs> Beautiful. Another deep breath in through the nose and let it go with a sound. <sighs> Another deep breath in through the nose, expanding the diaphragm, expanding the rib cage, taking in as much air as you can, and then letting it all go. And another deep breath in. And this time, let your loudest sound go. And one more deep breath in. This time, sounding out just the lightest sigh. And keeping your eyes closed for a moment, obviously, if you're driving, do not have your eyes closed right now as you listen to this podcast, but check in with your body now. How does it feel? Do you notice a difference? Can you feel a lot less tension? Can you feel more clarity, more presence? And when you're ready, you can open your eyes. And my friends, this is five breaths, right? All we did was took five breaths. Can you feel that difference? Oh, yes, I can. I'm so much more relaxed already. I mean, I'm already, <laughs> I was already chill when we started yeah. the podcast, but now I'm like, oh, my God, I'm melting into the you, universe. You were. You were. <laughs> yes, really exactly, right? And so we... We have this access all the time. It's something that can increase our intuitive perception as well. So many benefits. It leads to better decision-making, um, which is great for us entrepreneurs that make decisions all the time. So try this like twice a day. It'll change your life. And I have so many other breathwork techniques that I practice, but that one, the clearing breath with the, the sounding on the exhale, which also has a lot of benefits, game changer. And you can do it anytime, anywhere. I do that on airplanes. People sometimes <laughs> think I'm a, a little nuts, but I don't care. Oh, gosh. I don't care. I'm I healthy. Do- Get my oxygen in up there. 
I do it all the time in the airplanes as well. I'm doing healings on myself that require some body movements and postures, you know, the modality called Psyche. And I'm just like there, just muscle testing and just, you know, doing all this stuff and people are looking at me. But come on, I, I need to use my time to heal myself. And it's such a beautiful practice, this breath work that you have just guided for us. So thank you so much because I feel way more grounded right now. And it's literally a few minutes only right you don't even have to take a long time to bring yourself to your balance to your center and i love these breaths i often uh, connect the breath work with also just getting the energy in from mother earth or from the cosmos uh, just you know inhaling it in uh, into my body and it works perfectly and i've been practicing it also for the last few years maybe like six six or seven years and for me it's a game changer as well and i didn't even know that it's called breath work at the time when i practiced it I I just felt like, oh, I'm just going to inhale some energy into my body. Uh, but it's actually such a beautiful thing because now I feel like it's more widespread and more and more people talk about it. And it's so simple, but yet so powerful. And as, it, as you said, everyone can have access to it. You don't have to go for any, you know, big workshops where you learn for like a year how to breathe. <laughs> you know, you already have this tool inside of you, but now just bringing more consciousness and awareness into this and really doing it regularly i would say is a golden key to a shift that you can make in your nervous system and yeah that's really really amazing thank you so much for sharing that i'm i'm loving the practice on the podcast it's always good to do <laughs> and that's really 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 beautiful um but i have also a question actually two two questions but i would like to start with the uh, most important qualities of a coach of a good coach according to you because you've, you've trained so many people you've worked with so many uh, women and co maybe coaches in general uh, and you probably know what kind of people are more attracting you know the clients that they want to work with and they are really excited and passionate and they grow and they you know they are really into it and they have qualities that actually help them with, with the coaching, right? So what do you feel like the mo are the mm. most important traits that the good coach must have? Mm. So at Coaching Evolved, we are an ICF accredited professional coaching program. So our coaches receive a diploma to be able to go on and get their professional coaching credential with the International Coaching Federation. So when we're talking about qualities of a great coach, I think of both the core competencies as laid out um, by the ICF. And then I think about a few extra ones as well that I think make for a really powerful coach. Active <laughs> listening, being able to listen, being able to here, like almost like take into every cell of your being the words that you're hearing and to also be able to hear the words that aren't being said. And because we train our coaches in transformational embodiment coaching, which is a methodology that I developed, we're paying attention to movements. We're paying attention to where someone is looking or their posture and their energy as well. So it's about listening to the words that they're saying and also listening to the words that they're not saying so that we hear this full picture of what's actually going on and can ask really powerful questions in response. The powerful questions, of course, this is really big and takes a little bit of practice as well. And honing your intuition 
you know, doing your own practices as a coach, like breath work, doing these different tool, uh, tools, modalities that keep you grounded, that keep you connected to your intuition so that you can show up and serve other people as well. Um, building rapport, like trust and safety in that relationship. So, so key as well. People can only go deep into themselves and create the kind of transformation across multiple areas of their lives that they want to create and step into their highest self and into their deepest desires and goals if they feel safe. You know, we can only achieve what we feel safe achieving and a coach has to be able to hold that safe space. And then also being able to support your client in finding the wisdom within themselves, not giving advice. And this is something that so many people still get wrong in coaching. Coaching is not giving advice. It's not telling your client what to do. It is asking questions. It's listening. It's building that rapport. It's guiding your client into the wisdom, into the answers that's already within them. Mm -hmm. And that's what really powerful coaching does. Mm, amazing. I love everything you've just shared. And I agree so much, especially with the part that you need to go through some inner work yourself to be able to actually hold someone else. Yeah. Because you cannot be yeah. present with someone if you haven't, you know, practiced focus, if you haven't practiced maybe some kind of meditation or inner work to be able to actually really hold space and hold any emotion that arises. Because I feel like with coaching, people can have many things going on in their lives and you need to be able to embrace all that and not get affected by that, but actually really being able to stay at peace with whatever is going on for the other person. So I feel like the, to me, it seems like the most crucial part is just to go through so much inner work yourself that then you can really know how it feels for someone else to struggle with something because you've been there, mm. you know how it feels. And then you really know from the experience what's going on, what kind of uh, things, you know, they need or what kind of questions to ask uh, maybe even as well. And that also, I guess, is connected to intuition, right? Because if you're centered, if you have done the inner work, you also have more access to your own power. So then you can give someone access to their own power as well, based on how you have done it uh, yourself. So I loved uh, everything you mm -hmm. shared. And I'm curious to know, and, uh, just, just yeah. about these questions part, like, what kind of questions specifically, a few of them at least, uh, do you feel like are the most important for coaches to ask? Just out of the top of your head, you know, uh, mm. as, as you know that there are probably many of them, but uh, could you share at least a few of them? I'm super curious. People ask me about questions all the time. And like, can I get a list of questions? And our students ask for that. The best coaching question is the question that meets the moment. So I could give you some of my favorite coaching questions and I'll give you a few in a, mo in a moment, but the most powerful question will come from you listening and hearing the exact thing that someone is maybe not seeing and asking the question that allows them to see it. And I do think it helps when you're doing your own work, when you're investing in your own growth and development. You know, the students who come and invest in our program at Coaching Evolved, 
they're investing in becoming masterful embodied coaches. They're investing in doing their own work through the program. And that makes such a big difference. And also just investing in developing that skill set of being able to listen and then come up with that next best question. One of the things that actually prevents people from being really powerful and masterful coaches is sticking to a list of questions, like having these are, you know, 25 questions that you can ask in a coaching session. And I've seen lists like that, but then people are thinking about which question might fit what's coming up instead of being able to ask the perfect question in that moment. So that being said, you know, when you're listening for, when you're listening for the actual challenge, sometimes there are things that you've heard before from the person. So you might ask a little bit more about that and you might reflect, I've heard you talk about this before. I've heard you talk about this exact same challenge several times before. And I'm curious if you're open to exploring why this keeps coming up. Like for what purpose is this coming up again and again? And we could have a whole exploration around that. So sometimes it's a reflection that leads to the exploration and the question. Uh, when people have limiting beliefs that are coming up, or if somebody's really upset with a person and they're seeing a situation a particular way, you know, is there another way that you could see that? Because we're always making meaning of everything happening in the world around us. It's what our mind does. So me and you could go through the exact same challenge and we could make that mean something different. We could go through the same experience and I would tell my story a different way than you would tell your story of experiencing that same thing. So when somebody is choosing a disempowering meaning for something, we can ask, is there anything else that that might mean? You know, because the per this person is not doing that thing for you, that you really want them to be doing, is there anything else that that could mean besides, you know, them not loving you? Or, you know, this is one that I hear, this person keeps doing this, so they don't care about me. They don't respect me. Well, could it mean something else? Could that person perhaps not understand your needs and desires? Have you communicated clearly and directly what you actually need? So we can explore that. What else is possible here? You know, when mm. we're talking about goals, when we're talking about what somebody wants to create, what else is possible? Mm -hmm. We get to explore different avenues, different possibilities, different ways of doing things. And as coaches, we can support our clients in dreaming bigger dreams than they've maybe dreamed for themselves in the past. So there are a lot of different ways that we can take coaching. And ultimately, the best question is the question that meets the moment based on your listening. And this is something that if you're coaching and you haven't actually been trained in professional coaching, this is going to change everything for you to actually go through and get certified because you're going to learn how to ask the most perfect questions that lead to the most profound transformations.
Mm, amazing. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing. I feel like one of the questions that I find one of the most important questions that I ask is that what's the worst that can happen if this and that? So then you can really like uh, nail it down and see what are secondary mm. gains and what are the biggest fears and like what are the deepest subconscious stuff that are sitting there, right? Because sometimes if we only express the surface level thing, we don't actually go to the deepest shit that is that is there uh, but we are trying to protect mm -hmm. ourselves from, from not looking so that's uh, my favorite question that i wanted to share uh, mm -hmm. but based on what you said i have a question it's a good one <laughs> yeah i love that one and i have a question because it just came to my mind that this kind of idea between um intellect and intuition in terms of okay i can intellectually learn some questions right but then my intuition needs to choose and pick in the moment what is the most aligned in this specific moment and so do you feel like it is necessary to know the intellectual intellectually let's say what kind of specific questions you might ask and then it's kind of like a toolbox in your mind and then your intuition kind of like just picks the tools from your toolbox or do you feel like if you're fully in your intuition you don't even need any toolbox because your intuition will know what to say like do you know what i mean what's the um what's the perfect Ooh, yeah, balance yeah, yeah. or how does it how does it work in Ooh. in your case you know like or based on your experience do you need all this intellectual understanding or is the intuition just so powerful that you can just straight up you know ask the perfect question and you don't even need to study anything intellectually Ooh. I love talking about intellect and intelligence, like intelligence of the heart and intellect of the mind and really the marriage of those two things and having our intellect and our intelligence really working together. And the intuition is also part of that um, intelligence and, and anchored into that. Intuition as a coach can be very powerful and it can also actually limit you sometimes as a coach and let me explain that so the intellectual part of coaching understanding the coaching framework it gives you a foundation and i see it as like the frame in the house like the whole structure of the house And then your intelligence and your intellect gets to like decorate that house in whatever way feels right. But the structure of the house is solid and was built in a very specific way to make that house very sturdy and safe to live in. And when we're relying too much on our intuition What starts happening is we end up coaching more from our own experiences and our own way of having been through something. So what I'll see coaches do is they'll be relying on their intuition and also their own personal subjective experience, and they can end up leading clients through a process that maybe they've been through in the past or something that's worked for them and has helped them. And that's actually something that is not for the highest service a lot of times for your client because that person is on their own journey and path that needs to be honored. And that person's path is different from your path. And so it's really important for a coach to 
have that intellectual framework and foundation that they're moving within, but then using their intuition to bridge all the gaps and decorate that house and fill in these spots while still having the client. It's actually the client's intuition, the client's subjective experience, the client's inner wisdom that ends up leading. It's not the coach's. And it's such an important distinction and one that I think really separates um, even good coaches from the coaches that are really masterful in their coaching. So it's a blend of the intellect and the intelligence and intuition. Amazing. Amazing. I and I think that's where answer. training, training and just a lot of practice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A lot of practice can help. Yes. And I agree with that because if I can see how the intellect has brought me to study, let's say, all these modalities that I'm using of, you know, inner child work and breath work and psyche and NLP and Reiki and all these different things, then I have it in my toolbox and my intuition is like, okay, this one will be the best now, or this one will be the best now. I can really uh, take this individual approach and then I have everything, as you say, like a structure is there, but then you're just choosing. But also sometimes I feel like there are things that are just flowing through just pure intuition i would have no idea you know about this uh, it's not intellect it's just flowing through me and then it really helps and that brings me to another question because i'm super curious about your perspective it's actually an example from today today in the morning i had a session and uh, i'm i know that in coaching often people say you need to always use the words and statements that the client says and then you know ask them okay did i hear correctly that you said that this and that, and then you use exactly the language that they used. But today, for example, the lady was saying how she struggles with expressing herself or whatever. And I just, it just flowed through me to write a belief because uh, we did belief work uh, to say, I have a right to refuse. And this refuse was a keyword and she didn't say this word, but I just could feel that this is something that would resonate. And I, I just said it to her and she was like, oh my God, this landed so much. This resonated so much with actually what I'm struggling with. So my question is, because uh, this was intuition, right? I just, it just flowed through me. So my question is, is it like when to discern when you actually should only use the, or is it even true that you should only use the, what client says and just give the client the driving wheel, right? Or like, is it also good to, when you trust your intuition, when you really feel in your whole body that it's on point, uh, then is it good to also bring in your insights and your words to express something? Yeah, I mean, there are definitely times when we can pierce through something by using our intuition. So it, it's so unique to the situation, I believe. Sometimes there's a lot of power in reflecting back to the person, their words, so that they can hear it more from the place of observer. So when they can hear it back, Sometimes it just gives them that extra distance from the situation so that they're better able to observe it um, and to be able to take steps to potentially change the situation. Sometimes I know a client really, really well, and I've worked with them for a little while. And it's often when I'm reflecting on how my intuition comes into play with coaching, when I've worked with a client for a little while, I can often 
not in necessarily reflecting their own words, but by intuitively knowing based on knowing their story and where they've been, I can like get into those little crevices that they might be afraid to move toward, or I can help them see something that's maybe a complete blind spot uh, a little bit faster by trusting my intuition. It's really a case by case basis, and it depends on what's coming up. But sometimes we just we see it and we know the right questions to ask or the right way to word something to really pierce through to what the heart of the issue is. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Yeah. I also feel like it's a very individual yeah. matter and you also need to trust yourself and your intuition enough mm -hmm. to know that this is intuition and this is on point and I'm supposed to express it right now. Cause I feel like it's also about, again, your inner work to build trust within yourself so that, that you know that this you know, voice in your head or sensation that you have or feeling that you have is actually on point. And I'm, you know, I've just been doing this work also for quite a while. And I know now that if something just flows through me, I know exactly the feeling, how I feel it in my body when I know that it's going to be on point. So I know what you mean by, you know, really just um, tuning in and really being present with every individual to kind of like work through your way to that. So yeah, thank you so much for sharing. And I have a, a question like, why do you think some coaches succeed and some simply don't? What are the biggest blocks or things that people struggle with where they just try? Because you know, there are so many coaches, right? So many coaches out there and not all of them actually make ends meet in a way. So what do you feel are the problems there? Ooh, somebody can be a great coach and still have their own challenges with visibility, with putting themselves out there with selling their services and their packages. And that's, you know, inner work that we have to do. I saw that for years and years and years in the work that I did and actually still do with women entrepreneurs as well. Just a lot of fear around being bold, being in your leadership, sharing your gifts and doing it in a way that is very visible. There's a lot of stuff that can come up in that. So I think that that is a really big one. Uh, we have to be out there actually selling our services and talking about it and, you know, going on the podcasts and creating the content and of course, there are a lot of ways that we can end up having a successful career as a coach, too. If you graduate from an accredited program like the one that we offer, there are opportunities within companies to coach and to work with organizations as a coach. You don't necessarily have to start your own business. It's not the only way. It's also a great skill set to develop for people in leadership and management positions. So there are a lot of ways that you can use coaching as a skill set um, that goes beyond just building your own coaching business. And then, you know, I think that actually learning business skills, if that is the path that you are choosing, learning business skills, uh, working through your visibility stuff, deciding what niche you want to be serving. That's a big one that I see when I consider the really successful coaches that I work with, the ones that are making six figures, multiple six figures, seven figures uh, as a coach. 
they are serving a specific niche with one very specific coaching offer or package. So they don't have five to 10 different offers. Um, and sometimes people think that the more offers they have, the more money they can potentially make. I've seen that to not be true. And people think, oh, well, I, I can coach so many different people. Because when you learn how to coach, it's true. You can coach on pretty much anything because you're learning a professional framework. And then you're coaching within that framework. So you can help people with so many different things. And it's important to choose that niche and to have that offer. And that's something that I really see separating the successful coaches from uh, the ones that are maybe still working on generating more revenue from their coaching. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I have a question because I, I can see this pattern as well that you mentioned of people not wanting to sell the, their services or not wanting to sell themselves. Also, because I feel like there is a lot of association with the word selling and sales in general, that there is a lot of, I had, I had limiting beliefs and limiting visions even about, you know, a person in the suit just knocking to my door and just trying to, you know, <laughs> sell me something that I don't need. This was my idea of the salesperson, you know, in the past. So right now I am also becoming more of a seller myself, but I notice in myself as well um, a lot of blocks you know when I started when I had to sell some stuff so what would you say could be the solution when someone is still kind of like unsure how to how to sell and how to break through and how to actually because I believe that it's actually boiling down to the value your value and your self-worth right because if you know you're worth it and you know that your service is worth it and you know that it's actually amazing if someone buys it then it's more flowing for you to sell and if you don't believe in you know what you sell that obviously it's not going to work but how do you see like what would you say to yes. someone who's like yeah i know like i i know all these methods and they're amazing but i'm still like i don't know how to how to sell how to talk to people or um you know i cannot ask for money or things like that Ooh, so a few things here you're right about the belief in your own product or service. You really have to believe that you are a masterful coach, that you can lead people into transformations that are going to completely change their lives. You have to believe in what you're offering first and foremost and be confident in that skill set. And then it's a matter of extending a gift. And I one of the big reframes that I make around selling is that I am extending an invitation to someone to work with me. I don't even really see it as selling. I'm extending an invitation that I know if somebody accepts, they could change so many things in their lives and really get more of what they truly want and can have more fulfillment, and can make more money, and can enjoy their lives so much more, can have better relationships. So I'm just extending an invitation. My job is to not be attached, to not be attached to any particular outcome, any particular person working with me. It's just my job to extend the invitation. Mm. And from there, 
I'm not attached to whether that person says yes or no. I know that that invitation could completely change their lives. And I trust that they intuitively know if it's right for them or not. Mm. And I trust that. Amazing. And look, when I'm having a, a conversation with someone, when I'm having a call with someone, if I'm hearing the limiting beliefs coming up around making that investment, I'll ask them some questions about that. Yes. But I'm not attached to anyone joining my program, to working with me. I know that we've created the best coaching certification on the planet at this time for people who want to, to coach and also um, step into embodiment facilitation, leading groups, as well as coaching. There's no other program like ours and the right people find their way to it. And I'm an amazing coach and I create epic results with my clients in collaboration with my clients. I am extending invitations to people and it's either a yes or a no. And I trust that they know what's right for them. And my coaching practice is always filled. And even when I was starting, I still had that level of um, unattachment as well. Even before I had a really full coaching practice. I would just let it go because mm. I trust that if it's not that person, there's another person that's more aligned that is coming. Mm, amazing. I love that. And I love your confidence. I, I really, really vibe with that. And I feel like you really need to have this confidence and believe in yourself and in your service if, if you want to sell anything to anyone. So thank you for sharing the confidence with us because I feel like a lot of people could learn from that, you know, how you know that you're amazing. I also know that I'm amazing. And I feel like if we can just extend this feeling and let other people feel that they are amazing too, <laughs> because this is why we are saying that, like everyone is amazing. It's just about whether people discovered it or ready or not uh, so yeah that's beautiful thank you so much and so if people really resonate with everything you shared and they would like to maybe join the co coaching evolved uh, somehow learn from you and uh, you know learn all these different beautiful modalities and techniques that you're using what's the best way to find you or contact you So you can follow us on Instagram at Natalie McNeil, and that's N-A-T-A-L-I-E-M-A-C-N-E-I-L. So let me know what your biggest takeaway was from this interview, and you can find us also on Instagram at Coaching Evolved and at coachingevolved.co. That's our website where you can get all the information about our next cohort of the certification. And again, that's coaching evolved, E-V-O-L-V-E-D uh, dot C-O. And we'd love to have you join us if it's a fit. Amazing. Thank you so, so much for sharing your beautiful energy and your expertise with us. I love this conversation. I'm super, super grateful for you and for everything you shared. So thank you. Thanks so much for having me. And thanks for listening, everyone. Looking forward to staying connected. Thank you so much for being with us, listening to us. If you'd like to find me, I am The Connection Catalyst on Instagram and I'm super grateful that you're listening and tuning in. Ah, oh, this is just amazing. So um, I hope you will be with us next time and sending you much, much love.